From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast, presented by IcetimeHockeyWest.com and brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at Liberty.edu. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com's your hockey superstore with three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com. Indiana Tech University for ticket and schedule information for the two-time ACHA National Champions, go to IndianaTechWarriors.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson for lunch or catering your next office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. University of Georgia Hockey, power school athletics tradition, college town atmosphere, and the building of a program like no other at UGAHockey.com. College Hockey, Inc., growing the game at the college level and beyond. Adrian College, championship hockey culture, and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. Maryville University, the big city style of St. Louis, small school education. For more information, visit us at MaryvilleSaints.com or at Maryville.edu. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Mary Hockey. Top flight hockey, intense rivalries, championship aspirations, and more. For schedule and ticket information, go to GoYouMary.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app. The only app that lets you earn Caesars rewards, but please play responsibly. FedEx, the official shipping company of Ice Time Hockey West. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. Hey, tonight we've got a great guest coming on. We're going back to Lake Superior State. Where is Lake Superior State, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to answer that because I'll be. I don't want to mess it up again. Saint Marie, there you go. Exactly. right on Lake Superior. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. We've what I was gone from having the women's ACHA W1 coach. Of course, they have an NCAA program, a men's program. I, at Lake I, I just can't State. keep. I can't keep all this straight. I'm like, I can't tell if it's you know four. I mean, it's like uh, ACHA women's one. Now we have the. Or women's two, I forget. Women's one, I guess it is. And now we have the men's two. You're also telling me there's an NCAA program there. It's just, I just can't, I can't keep track. Yeah, they have a very good NCAA program, men's program, placed in the CCHA. And uh, for that reason, I believe they have a uh, M2 and an M3 program. We'll find out from the oh, head coach when he comes on. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so when uh, – Steve Canusto comes on. We'll uh, we'll ask him a little bit about that. We'll talk about the uh, the Lake Superior State Lakers, and we'll get another rundown about what things are like living uh, on the shores of Lake Superior, the south southern shores, I should say. Yeah, I like it. Uh, how's your uh, How's your summer there in the land of ten uh, ten thousand lakes? <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be hot again. How many of the lakes, have, many of the lakes have you visited now of the 10,000? <laughs> uh, who knows? I've driven by too many of them. But anyway, um, so when we bring Steve on, he's going to give us an update about what's going on. He'll be on here in just a couple of minutes. 
Um, but before that, you told me there's a schedule out in your neck of the woods for ACHA hockey. Am I right? Yeah, we're finally starting to see some schedules come out. Uh, very exciting, and it's exciting to see uh, these teams put these out and and uh, see exactly where games are going to be played, who they're going to be playing, and 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 we just know that it's a seasonal. Uh, like next, not this, not this Saturday, but next the following Saturday, uh, UNLV will have their inner scrimmage game, and then, and then the uh, season starts a few weeks after that. So it's uh, it's getting really close, and we've talked about how there's some games in se- early September in the ACHA. So it's uh, it's coming. Um, I'm I'm I think I've even though I didn't get much of a hibernation like I wanted to, I, I think I'm all I think I'm all ready for the <laughs> for the season to start. I think I've got I think I've got enough rest in me. To, to be ready, but we'll see. We'll see what happens when we start up. Always good news to hear that. Um, as you know, and I'll reiterate this one more time before we go to our guest, um, we, we set this up, the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20. Things get really rolling for them in the next couple of weeks uh, as games get underway. And uh, our thought by doing this podcast is that we get a chance to talk to a lot of guests. And Right now, you were telling me today off air, you're going like, wow, I love when I have guests. And I'm going like, well, get ready, because I think we're going to have a guest almost every single week year-round. Hey, uh, we've got so the, many teams to talk about. The less, the less the listening public has to hear myself blabber or you blabber on about who knows what <laughs> is better for everybody. <laughs> I agree. Speaking especially of blabber since, on. Especially since you do five of these in a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. We're going to do five starting next well, week. Well, I mean, I mean, we had five. <laughs> we, we, we stopped one for now. But the pro, the pro hockey stuff will start up again. We'll have that one to go to. So, um, yeah, it'll be five for you when we get things fully rolling again. But uh, So the less, the less words you have to speak will save you, too, because also you're going to be on location at games. You're going to have to do a lot of talking there and interviews and stuff. So uh, we're just trying to watch out for our well-being here as the season starts. So. <laughs> okay, so so talking about blabbering on, why don't you blabber <laughs> on a little bit about something for the next couple of minutes while I connect with our, uh, our guests, okay? Okay, blabbering on about something, okay. Uh, all right, well, as, as we talked about, Lake Superior State, uh, as we mentioned, as course we had the women's side of things on a couple of uh, weeks ago or so and and of course they're an m2 program there uh, as well as as we talked about ncaa program and everything so uh, that's exciting uh it'll be interesting to talk to the head coach because uh he's he's got some pro hockey experience if we want to talk about that times in the uh he, he played at the ncaa lake superior team so he, he knows the area well he's also played in uh, in reading in wichita uh, Allen Americas, which some of these teams now are ECHL teams, but were uh, C- CHL teams back in the day. Uh, did spend a year in Arizona at the, with the Sun Dogs. Uh, made his way. I mean, a lot of a lot of time in uh, at the pro level, at the minor league level, Elmira, Rapid City, Florida. Uh, most recently, finished the last uh, three years with Tulsa in uh, 2020. 1920s was the last season of of pro hockey, and then now he's the coach of the Lake Superior State. So. A uh, guy that certainly has experience uh, at that level and is, can can hopefully bring it to this team and, and and get this program really up and running as it's been and Steven, for a few years now. Yes. Yep. Steve, we, we got two Stevens here. We're going to have the head oh, coach coming on from there? <laughs> and uh, our own Stephen Marsh. So uh, we'll be rock and rolling in just a minute. We've got the head coach. Stephen Canisto is with me from Lake Superior State. 
on the beautiful shores of Lake Superior, the South Shores. I spent some time on the North Shores up in Minnesota Duluth. But, Coach, how are you? And uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. I'm doing great. And, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate everything that you guys do in, in general for the ACHA and, and trying to grow it and do everything like that. Coach, I'll tell you, you are the first uh, M2 team. And when, when I started this changeover um, for ACHA hockey, I said, you know what? I want guys that are committed. I want guys that uh, want to bring their team on and, and promote their team and go from there because they are uh, they're, they want to see success, right? They want to win national championships. And I think you guys are on the path to that. Am I, am I close? Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've done a lot in the last uh, few years. I, I I had a huge passion coming into this. I'm, I'm born and raised in Sault Ste. Marie, so um, when I was able to be a part of this and, and start it from the ground up, um, that's something that I was very passionate about is, is getting hockey to where, I mean, our NCAA D1 team has, has always been great, but I, I wanted to get our ACHA program just to be just as well known as, as what they have been. Steve, let me ask you this. Uh, for those that don't know, um, we've had your women's coach on and uh, proud to have them as partners as well. But tell us about your hockey program up there. It's, it's a community of hockey, but you guys are under the umbrella of the, uh, the school as well, correct? Yeah, so um, we, when we first started off, we were under student affairs. Um, and recently, I think the school... Uh, made the adjustment, kind of realized that would, we'd be better fit under athletics. Um, so we made the transition to athletics. Um, obviously, it, athletics knows and understands how, how to run a program. Um, so uh, that's what we were, were able to do. And that's something that I think has also um, kind of helped our guys put their better foot forward, um, knowing that they're, they're considered college athletes and college, uh, student athletes at our university, um, not just students. And it, it's kind of pushed us over that edge last year, um, about halfway through the season to get us where we needed to go. I mean, we did, we did well last year, um, and, and guys kind of are feeding off of that this year and hungrier to, to have more success. All right, before Stephen Marsh jumps in with some questions for you, I want to ask you a little bit about your schedule because I know you're putting it. Is it all put together now and you just haven't got it up on the website yet or are you still working in some pieces? It's, no, it's all together. Um, we're, uh, it's, it's out on all of our social medias. Um, I'm, I'm slowly getting uh, that put up on our <laughs> website. That's actually it's been being worked on little by little this week. Um, so that should be up hopefully by Friday. Um, but it, yeah, we have I think 31 games scheduled for this year with some with some big teams that are hopefully gonna help our strength the schedule out. That means Scott, right. you gotta you gotta check that X sphere and see if you can find the uh, <laughs> find. I it know I, I I'm falling behind here. I think. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So I was I was kind of looking over your you know your your credentials and and you've spent of course a lot of your time in the. In the pro ranks, uh, you of course went to school at Lake Superior State, uh, at obviously an NCA program uh, there. But now you've had all these years in the pro ranks, and now of course you're the head man behind the, this program. Um, what did what were some of the things that you you learned during that time playing hockey? Now that you can take over to uh, a coaching side of things. Yeah, it's actually I was I was very fortunate to play 
Um, if you if you look at me, don't look too much because I played for a lot of teams in, in a short <laughs> amount of time. So, um, but but that actually has helped me. I, I've got to uh, learn a lot of coaching styles that I like, didn't like, um, things that I've seen that have worked and haven't worked. Um, so that's that's kind of what I've applied is is through my travels and through my time playing is and kind of picking and choosing what what kind of helped me get to that next level and to motivate me and, and being able to use that with my guys. Yeah. So you, you, as you mentioned, you've been to a lot of different places, and I was reading some of those a little bit while Scott was getting you on the phone. But um, I guess just just some some of your places that you've been. What were some of the uh, fun experiences of some of the you know, I mean, something that sticks out, something unique or kind of quirky or something about some, um, maybe a place or a stop on your uh, your pro journey, your pro career, your pro hockey journey. Well, me not knowing that uh, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the last um, <laughs> three, three years, not knowing how long hockey's actually been in Tulsa. I mean, I think it was coming up on 75-ish years. Um, while I was there, that they had had a pro, some sort of pro hockey there. But it was new um, to the ECHL, that, though, guess, right? It was it was fairly new to the ECHL, right? That to be one of the one of the things in, in that area. Okay, so I don't know if you heard, uh, Coach, that Stephen was saying it was relatively new to the ECHL, though, correct? Yeah, they were they were in in the Central Hockey League for a long time. Um, and I know, I'm not sure what else, what other leagues, but um, when the Central Hockey League kind of um, got absorbed through the ECHL, yeah, they, they have been relatively new to the ECHL. Okay, so now you're back and you're uh, on the bench and you're coaching a bunch of guys that are fired up and ready to play hockey. Uh, tell us about recruiting and bringing guys in at the M2 level. We talked to a lot of M1 teams, and I like what the M2 teams are doing as well, but I just... You know, I'm spread too thin as it is, but um, I, I like what you guys do, and I'm excited to have you on board. But tell us what it's like to recruit for an M2 program, and how do you get the talent that you get? Yeah, sometimes it's hard because obviously everyone's trying to go either first NCAA D1, then D3, then ACHA D1, and um, it's it's getting the guys that understand that regardless of where they go, they need their education. So I, I end up getting a lot of guys that are outdoorsy because we're a smaller community that has a lot to do outdoors, whether it's fishing, hunting, any of that. Um, and, and they kind of see their pathway that, yeah, they may, may not have a pro career after, but they want to play really, really good competitive hockey um, at, a, at a good level and at a good university. And that's, that's what I've been able to do. And, kind of get that culture that yeah there there are possibilities to possibly play after um but every single one of my guys coming in has has been focused on their education and then on top of that they they've been pushing themselves year in and year out the last i mean this is going to go into our third full season that um what we've been able to do in just two years just amazes me at what the guys have have been pushing themselves to do when you look at this group of guys you have coming in this year, what makes them different uh, from groups you've had in the last couple of years? Um, I think they, they're kind of buying into the culture that I, I've been able to sell a little bit. We're, we're always not going to be the 
most talented team, but we're going to be one of those teams that at the end of the game, they're looking at you like, why, why did we come up here and play them? Every time we play them, <laughs> it's a hard-fought battle. I don't want to be on the ice with them. So they're, they're the type of kids that, that I was able to get in here. Um, we've had some some big recruits from the USPHL and the EHL that, that I think are going to kind of put us over the, the top a little bit to help us out. Um, but that that's kind of the culture that we're doing here, that regardless, win, lose, whatever, I want I want the away team to walk away just being like, why, why do we play them every year? This is getting harder and harder. They're just a group of guys that are relentless and, and everything like that. Okay, well, Stephen and I both have uh, been to a national tournament or two, and um, people talk about how difficult it is to win the, the M1 tournament but how difficult is it to to win a tournament like the way it's set up for M2? Is that easier or harder in your estimation in the fact that you have to go through the regionals the way you do and, and get to the national tournament and fight your way to get a championship? Yeah, I was I was just actually talking in our office today about that. I, I, I think it's harder just um, just the way regionals are set up. I mean, it's a, it's a one and done. So you go, you lose one, and, and, that, and that sometimes – end your season where if you're able to make the national tournament you could have that one-off game be able to do well in the rest of the games and still make it to to the uh, quarters and semis and all of that um but i i think it's 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 really hard because again that that regional tournament i think throws throws a huge wrench in everything where you could be the number one team and all of a sudden you have i mean number if you're ranked one and two in the uh, in a region, you get that auto bid to nationals. But I mean, that's that's almost a month off of, of playing. So sometimes that first couple games or where guy, other teams have been playing the entire time, uh, it's definitely going to be hard to get get your legs into it right away. Well, speaking of the national tournament, uh, the uh, tournament is back in uh, St. Louis uh, next year. Uh, how nice is is it there? And just comparison to to what it was last year in Boston. Heard mixed reviews about about it there, but everybody seemed to really love the setup in uh, in St. Louis uh, the year prior. And, and I would agree with that as someone who was there in person. But uh, your estimation on just having the national tournament be back in St. Louis and how nice would it be maybe if it just stays there and it just stays in one spot, so you kind of know every year that's where you're going to end up in the national tournament. Yeah, that would be really nice, and um, I was fortunate enough, actually helped out our, our women's M2, or W2 program when they made it their their first year before, before they made the uh, move to W1, um, so I was able to go see the facilities, everything, and it was it was awesome. Um, that is something that I, I would actually hope um, that they would keep it at kind of the one area, because then... When it comes to obviously budgets, everything, everyone kind of has that planned out because they would know how much it would cost to go there um, regardless of what's going on. You know your national trip is going to be X amount. So um, just the way that facility is run, I, I, I definitely would, would love to have it in that area. Um, we had our regionals in Maryville um, last year, which is, I mean, just up the road too. And I know um, sometimes they have some of the games there. Um, and that facility too is was great. So um, just just being able to do anything in that area in the St. Louis area because it is I think centrally located for everybody. Um, I, I would definitely definitely love to keep going back there. 
Well, Scott, they don't call the uh, St. Louis the, the gateway city for nothing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. There's a reason for it. And they do love their hockey down there. There's no doubt about it. But when we talk about love of hockey, Steve, talk a little bit and uh, kind of re-educate our audience again about Lake Superior State, Sault Ste. Marie, um, what it's like to be in Michigan. People don't realize how many really good hockey programs from the the M2 and the M3 all the way up to the NCAA level that the state of Michigan boasts. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I mean, any anywhere you go, there's hockey all the way from, I mean, AAA all the way up to, to obviously the NHL with the Red Wings. But I mean, it's 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 always been that way. Being in being in from Sault Ste. Marie, it's kind of you either played hockey or football, and even the football guys ended up playing hockey all the way to high school. So um, it's something that I was kind of born and raised into. Uh, it's I mean you get <laughs> some of the lakes and everything and rivers and stuff around here freeze, so you end up making hockey rinks on that. Um, so skating is something that we've done all of the time in Sault Ste. Marie, and it's and it's just growing a growing sport again. Um, with our women's program being able to be a part of it, it that's that's growing everything up in this area, and that's um, definitely stuff that we look for. And I mean, on the M two side, I I really enjoy that there's so many teams in Michigan because obviously when it comes to travel, it, it's great for us. But every team in the area is is going to be a challenge. You know, everyone's coming in here because they know Michigan's a hockey culture. Um, to continue to play great hockey someplace in Michigan. And, again, that's that's why I wanted to start the program and do do everything that I could to get this ACHA program up and running because, again, I, I know there's so much hockey in this area specifically for – I mean, we have guys coming out of our midget AAA team, out of our junior team, um, out of our high school team that they, they might not get this opportunity, but they're really, really, really good players that get to continue to play hockey now. All right, I grew up in uh, northern Minnesota on Highway 2, about halfway between Bemidji and Grand Forks. Um, but on the other side of uh, Lake Superior, there's a lot of good teams on Highway 2. <laughs> yep. You know oh, who wow. I'm talking about. Uh, update us on that. Going going west from Sault Ste. Marie, um, you see some pretty solid hockey teams along that Highway 2, don't you? Oh yeah, every yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's it's just a, a culture up in this area in general, whether it's Michigan, Minnesota, I mean Wisconsin, stuff like that. It's 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 something that everybody, even if people don't play competitive hockey, they've picked up a stick and played street hockey, been on the floor playing uh, mini sticks, everything like that. It's it's something within this area that it's just kind of bred into everyone. And it's, it, it makes it competitive, and it makes it a great culture to be around. All right. I know Stephen wants to get in and ask you about your roster because that's his thing. But uh, before we do that, I want to ask you about building a roster. What's your philosophy? Because uh, me and my co-hosts on all of our shows talk a lot about uh, in-depth with coaches about what they like to do, uh, how they want to build a program. And I think right now, uh, Coach, what I'm seeing is there are a whole bunch of really talented hockey players, and I think sometimes it, it might be hard to mold a bunch of superstars, if you will, into a team that can win a championship. And, you know, what I'm, I'm talking about is finding guys that will be diehard penalty killers or 
uh, power play specialty guys, or will buy into that third, fourth line checking roles or whatever. So how do you build your team uh, for the Lakers? Yeah, I, I definitely do that. I mean, I, I know everyone would love to have a top-end score in each and every single line, but um, the way hockey is, all those guys aren't going to get the ice time. So, again, I, I do I do the same thing, that I, I build my top line, and from there, obviously, um, I'm, I'm trying to get the scoring from my first two two lines. My third line's more of a, if they're, if they're able to get some points, great, but they're, they're going to be a line that is going to hem the other team in, maybe not be able to put the puck in as often, um, but they're going to be able to hem the other team in their end and kind of wear them out, and then uh, I'm kind of old school. I love having that fourth line that's more of a, hey, you, anything you see that's moving, hit it. And, and I have guys that have bought into that and absolutely love that aspect of the game. So um, that's what I've done. And me being a defenseman, um, I, I love having a couple guys that are basically a force forward on the ice whenever they're, they're playing um, with a couple stay-at-home Ds. So that's kind of what I've been building. Um, with our program, like I said, I know every coach would love to have every every line like their first line, but those first line guys, if they're on the fourth line, aren't, aren't going to enjoy it as much or be able to buy in. And, and my guys so far have, have been able to buy in and kind of understand roles, um, whether it's their PKing or, like I said, that fourth line guy that I, I basically tell them, you may not get a lot of points, but don't get scored on. And, and they're perfect. That's all That's all I want. And they'll go out there and hit everything that moves. And, and that's the, the type of culture that we're, we're doing up here. All right. I got to follow that up real quick, Stephen, before you jump on. Um, <laughs> I got to ask you about this because a lot of coaches that we talk to, especially at the NCAA level, say they want to be big, strong, physical, but, but there's a line that, that you don't want to cross, right? You want to be big, strong, physical, hard to play against, all of those things, but you don't want to spend a lot of time in the penalty box, I'm guessing, and you have that same philosophy, I bet. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like big and strong, but I mean, some of, some of my top guys are, I mean, one, one of my guys from last year is, is 5'4", and he plays like 6'4". Um, so size size to me doesn't matter. It's it's more the, the fight the dog than the size of the dog sort of thing. So, um if, if they're a guy that can play and do everything and be strong, uh, I don't care the size of them as long as they're strong and able to win puck battles. Again, it's it's I'd love to have every guy six four and above if I could, but that's not always how hockey's going to be. Um, but if I can get those guys that are a little bit shorter but play like they're six four, those are the type of kids that that are actually going to go further for you because they sometimes get look, looked over just because of their size when they're actually better than a lot of other players. Okay, let me let me ask one about just specifically the, the, the roster. You know, you talked about kind of what you want the makeup to be and, and this and that. Um, just talk about the, the players you have uh, this year, you know, how many are coming back, how many new ones coming in. Obviously, you're excited about all your, all your guys, but maybe those that – had really great seasons that we can that are you expecting to have really great seasons again this year yeah just some of your my, general uh, yeah i have a one of my top top lines from last year um hayden goldstein jason cassette and justin smith um they're they're a good core group of guys um Derek brown's the one that i told you about just a little while ago that 
isn't isn't the biggest guy, but he's he's super smart. Um, I feel like they're gonna have some great seasons uh, for us. I think Eden's like eight eight or nine points away from a hundred and is going into his third year uh, points. Um, and, and I feel like within the first probably few games, he's he's gonna be able to achieve that. And Jason Cassette's not very far behind. Um, and then I was able to get uh, Matt Thurston um, to, to come on board. He's one. Of, he I thought he played forward, and he ended up um, coming in as one of our D, and he ended up being one of our top D. Um, and then I was able to get some guys come new newcomers coming in. Nate Corwin um, out of the AHL. The um, so he, he's going to be a great addition for us, along with Seth Stock, who, who is coming out of the USPHL. Um, then I have I have a. I have a good problem, but a, 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 a also a bad problem. I have three very, I think, very, very solid goalies. Um, I just picked up a, a local goalie. Um, his name's Logan Raphael to kind of be part of the three that I have with um, Max Curry and Sean Petrowitz um, in net. So, again, that's, that's a bad problem for me, but also a good problem for me to have, trying to figure out that... that group right there to see who's going to be playing each night for me coach coach when you get those guys on the ice particularly the goaltenders um some coaches have told me as well as like it's a practice week right you practice really hard and then be you know whatever day it is thursday or your last practice whatever you then determine who's going to be your starting goaltender based on the week of practice is that your philosophy or do you want to see somebody uh, jump out and, and take the reins and, and be your number one. Yeah, that's 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 probably how I'm going to play it at the beginning of the year a little bit. Um, I'm going to give all the guys a, a shot. Uh, and then then from there, I'm going to sit them down and, and let them know I'm probably going to go with the hot goalie. So um, one guy one guy could get a complete weekend, or, or or he could get a few games right in a row. And if something happens, then then switch it up because again, same thing. I mean, if we make it to regionals, nationals, that's how it's going to be. As soon as that hot guy goes in, it, you, you can't really take him out. And he's going to be the guy that you're going to have to kind of ride the, the rest of the way out. So I want to see all three of them want to be the guy, which, again, it's it's awesome, but it, it's going to make my job really hard. But as a coach, that's kind of what you want. You don't want somebody to just back off or one guy to just stand out right away. I want all three of these guys to, to push each other because that's going to help our program out. I don't want, hey, oh, he's going to be our number one. I'll just I'll just be nonchalant. I want that guy to have the drive to be like, no, you're number one this week. I'm taking it over next week sort of a thing. Steven, you got another one for Coach? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk a minute about Kind of what you do behind the scenes in regards to your home games, what the, what that's like, um, you know, how much effort do you, how much effort is put in to uh, put a, together a good product there when you when you have your home games and, and some of the elements uh, with that. Yeah, we we're fortunate enough we play right in, in our uh, NCAA D one rink, so well that helps. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we just got a brand new jumbotron put in for him last year that we have access to. Um, so it, it's been awesome. We're we're doing the national anthem, able to shut the lights off, give the guys a cool experience, um, having the music playing, um, doing the goal horn just like the NCAA D one team does. Um, all of that and. and I, I think that's 
had a lot of teams that have come up to play us want to continue to come up to play us because they're oh it's a great experience we love being out there we love what you guys do during the games and and so that's something that that i i'm very proud of that our university with when we switched over to athletics has, has given us the ability to do that because again that that's a great product that we're able to put on the ice and a great experience for our guys and a great experience for other schools to, to want to continue to come up to play us yeah, that's probably not a very common occurrence. Like when you travel to other places at the M2 level, um, it's you probably don't get quite that experience uh, in, in other places. Uh, I mean, I, is that is that an accurate statement? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of some of them get the ability to play at their their. I mean, if they have NCAA teams ranks, um, but it's basically they get to play there and get to use a scoreboard. That's it. Where. Again, this year we're we're working with some people trying to get a little bit more going with our jumbotron in between periods and, and different things to be a little bit more um, interactive with our fans. That again, I think I think because we're such a small school and our athletic department so close, um, it's something that you don't see everywhere. Coach, uh, talk a little bit about your schedule again. Give us a thumbnail for people that aren't familiar uh, with where Sault Ste. Marie is. Uh, where do you start uh, this season? What are some of the tough games that you see on the schedule, at least on paper? Yeah, we uh, we actually we're having our official men's trial this weekend. Um, and then after that, we play September 15th and 16th up in at Michigan Tech. Um, but the teams that I think that are, are going to be really challenges for us that are going to be great for us, our program in general. Um, we have a great rival across in, in Sioux College. Um, they always get a lot of local kids coming back that have played juniors all over, so that'll be a good test for us. We usually top in the um, Central Division's rankings. Uh, Trine's another good one that we got on our schedule, along with Adrian, um, Davenport, Michigan State. So um, the group, the, I did a lot. And, and tried doing a lot because I know strength of schedule is such a big thing. Um, I know those teams have been well-established for a long time, and those are the teams that I'm kind of trying to go after um, just so that way our, our program can be equal rivals with them when it comes to recruiting. So um, if, if one of those other programs comes in and sees us, they're, they're just excited to talk to us as, as they would be that other program. Okay, so when we're talking schedule-wise, um, you guys obviously play to that national tournament as the ultimate goal, but you got to get through that regional. So describe the regional again, if you can, just because I want people to understand fully, uh, Coach, that this is really a battle, right? I mean, this this regional tournament thing—it's uh, almost like if you. Are- it's almost like if you get to the national tournament, that's almost like a, a step back. Like you could breathe a sigh of relief. I mean, cause to get there is quite the, yeah. quite the journey. Yeah, it is. I mean, you, um, the way everything goes, each, each there's, I mean, 200 plus M2 teams that each one's broken up into four regions. So we're in the central region. Um, number one and two in the central region, get an auto bid to nationals. And then, three through 14 actually go to a regional tournament um teams i think it's like three through seven 
three through seven or three through six get a get a, a buy into the second day where the the lower ranked teams have to play just to go to the second game to play the next team. Um, and I, like I said, it, it's a one and done. So it's it's a grind. The the stronger schedule you have, obviously, it helps you whether you win lose. Um, but yeah, it's it's an absolute grind. I mean, we we got ranked all the way. I think we were sixth in the central region at one point. Lost a tough weekend, and we dropped all the way to eleven. Um, so it's it's one weekend could could almost make or break your season if you don't do how you're supposed to do in that weekend. So it's it's definitely a grind. Um, I think the guys this year. Uh, that went to the regional tournament last year understand it a little bit more so so they're they're already looking at our schedules being like okay we got to focus on this this is a team that we need to be we we should at least go into sweet or uh, split with this team to, to help us out so um it's it's in the back of everyone's mind every single weekend like i said one one weekend if if you play a team that you should should potentially beat if you get beat by them or swept by them it, it could almost and your postseason right there. All right. I think we got everything in line now. So I'm going to let you, uh, in your own words, sell Lake Superior State M2 hockey to the world. Go ahead and take a few minutes, Steve, to tell us why a player should at least consider you as as an option. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a growing program, and we're growing the right direction. Being able to be under our athletic department, um, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff to, to help our program out. Um, the reason I like Lake Superior State University is we're a small community. Um, you're you're going to get perfect. Um, I mean, your teachers are going to get to know you. Everyone's going to get to know you. It's, it's a small community, um, and, and that's kind of the culture and everything that we need. And, and the, the players that are out there that are looking for kind of a smaller school, more one-on-one, uh, time with professors and then being able to play uh, uh, competitive hockey at the ACHA level that's uh, supported by the university, uh, we're, we're a great option for them. Coach, appreciate your time. Thanks for jumping on and being uh, a guest with us tonight. Thanks for being a partner with us. And I can't wait to get to see you guys in person play a game or two. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And, and, and like I said, I you guys are doing awesome and, and helping grow hockey and ACHA and getting the word out about um, everything. So I I definitely appreciate what you guys are doing. Well, we'll definitely be in touch and have you back on again a couple more times at least. And best of luck as the season gets started and uh, go make that national tournament, maybe bring home a national championship. Yeah, that, that sounds great to me. Thank you. Absolutely. That's the head coach from Lake Superior State, our very first M2 program to join us the Lakers. Um, Stephen, before we get into our partners here a little bit and uh, play some of their uh, their ads, um, your thoughts on, on what you heard from Stephen, um, what you think of that program up at Lake Superior State, and are you ready to go there in January when they get a little snow? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I just, I just love the snow. <laughs> um, I, first of all, I, his name is great. I love his name, Stephen. <laughs> Steve, you know that that's that's a good name. Uh, second of all, uh, the Lakers, you, you know Lakers. That name, that name, of course, 
uh, is, is synonymous in basketball with the L.A. Lakers. But we're talking, of course, and before that, they were the Minneapolis Lakers. So, uh, but yeah, and then and, but then we got this this Lakers, which is which is great. So we got to love teams that are called Lakers, um, and and it's just you know talking about the experience of playing uh, the benefit the benefactor of being able to play in the same rink as their NCAA team does, uh, which is great because then they get the, the benefit of using uh, those sort of things. And I think all that makes a difference because, you know, you go to some games, and even at the M1 level it's like this, where it's just – they're just playing – I mean, and, and it's, sometimes it's out of their control. Obviously, they – you know, you get the times that you're going to get. I mean, UNLV, you know, until they got City National, I mean, it was – they were bouncing between different rinks. They were playing, be playing at different times of the day. Broadcasters were calling games from scaffoldings. I mean, it's just different, uh, different things, you know. But you know, now if you if you get the benefit of having a a, a, a building, you get the times that you want to play at. Uh, I think all that helps in the growth of a program. And again, some of it's out of a team's control, but you know, but if you are able to, to have that, it's that's a great plus. Um, the other thing is just the the um, you know just. The diff, the you, you, and I think it's great that you brought it up. How difficult it is at the M2 level. I think some people kind of scoff at the, the the M2 level because it's maybe not seem as as competitive, you know. But there are a ton of teams at that level, which is why they have regionals and everything. There's a lot more teams at the M2 level than there are at the M1 level. Obviously, the M1 level is the you know is elite of the elite. I shouldn't say that. There's probably some really good M2 programs that probably are better than some M. One programs, but anyways, it's just it's not always again. That's some of those circumstances are out of their control as well. So it's if you can just try to do the best that you can at the level that you're at, I think that's that's great. And so it, the fact that it's difficult to get to the tournament because it's it's regionals and then you get in and then you know you have a little bit of a pool play, but but still, it's as I was saying, it almost seems like a relief sometimes. Just when you you get through regionals and you and you win it and you get a spot in the national tournament, it almost seems like a, a relief. You can kind of take a breather because um, and then because you go into nationals and you don't necessarily have to win that first game. You'd like to, but when losing that first game is not necessarily going to keep you from moving on. So um, you know that kind of helps too. So um, I thought all those schools were great uh, great points that uh, he brought up tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally agree with you on everything. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and uh, talk a little more ACHA and AAU hockey, the non-varsity hockey on American Collegiate Hockey I know, Top I know 20. I keep seeing what uh, George is doing with uh, Coach Gampy. And, uh, they're, <laughs> oh, they're, yeah. They're gearing up, man. We could maybe touch on that when we come back a little bit. Okay, we'll be right back. If you are thinking of joining a growing power to continue playing high-level college hockey, then Lake Superior State's ACHA M2 program could be right for you. In just two seasons under head coach Steve Canisto, the Lakers M2 team continues its drive towards a national tournament bid, coming off the program's best season ever. For information about playing in this hockey-focused community, or if you're just interested in schedule and ticket information, visit our website at lssuachahockey.com. Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Green College. Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Harrington Ice Arena. 
the best facilities in all college hockey. In a big school hockey field, all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. University of Arizona Wildcats return to the Tucson Arena September 29th. Join the tradition and become a part of the legacy of hockey in the old Pueblo. Cheer on your five-time Cactus Cup champions as the Wildcats pursue a national championship after a promising offseason of key roster additions. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org for schedule and ticket information and follow us on social media. Bear down and rise up. University of Michigan Dearborn with 130 courses of undergraduate study and 80 postgraduate and doctoral programs as well as our own on-campus arena allows you to grow as a student and a championship level hockey player. The ACHA M1 team looks to continue its climb in the national rankings as it takes on schools like Indiana Tech and Adrian. And in the classroom, you get the advantage of small classes with a 16 to 1 student faculty ratio at an affordable price. If this seems like the right fit for you, be it on or off the ice, see us at umdearborn.edu or at athletics.umdearborn.edu. Looking to extend your hockey career at a high level? Then the University of Georgia could be the place for you. Ice Dogs Hockey is an NCAA-style experience and championship culture combined with classic rivalries, big-time athletics, and an elite academic institution. Go to ugahockey.com to start your journey and see if you can continue to help build the limitless future ahead for University of Georgia Hockey. Looking to find the right place to fit your academic needs with a chance to play championship-level college hockey? Then Indiana Tech just be that place. In less than a decade, the Warriors have played for two national championships, appeared in the last four national tournaments, and won six regular season and conference tournaments. Off the ice, majors in not just the tech fields, but communications, criminal justice, and more, and get your career off to that same kind of championship start. For more information, visit us online at indianatechwarriors.com or at indianatech.edu. At some schools, winning the national championship is the goal. For Liberty's women's hockey program, it's the expectation. Winners of the last five national championships, Liberty women's hockey is the ACHAW1 standard. Be a part of the championship legacy on or off the ice with a first-class education, as well as serving your faith, community, and your game by visiting us at liberty.edu. Challenges, new level, same quest. Join us at the University of Mary for the 2023-24 hockey season as the two-time ACHA M2 champions bring that championship pedigree to the M1 level. Watch the Marauders take on rivals Minot State, Jamestown University, and 
national powers, Missouri State, Illinois State, and Colorado State, as they look to add to their hockey legacy. Head to GoYouMary.com to find out how you can support University of Mary Hockey. Looking to continue building on a successful first season at the ACHA W1 level, Lake Superior State starts its second season in the CCWHA, a season that included having three academic All-Americans. If this is the kind of tradition that you are interested in help building as a player or support off the ice, then visit us at women's D1 LSSU ACHA Hockey.com and see if the school rated Michigan's most affordable university is for you. Lake Superior State Women's Hockey, the small school advantage with the big hockey culture built in. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs to study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Indeed it is, the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Bloomington, Minnesota. My co-host as always from the championship city, which is Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh. Okay, Stephen, you brought it up. Georgia doing some big things. They may not be ACHA, they are AAU, but they are a hockey powerhouse in the southeast so strong that i think they even pushed that hurricane to the side as they build a brand new building in athens georgia yeah this is going to be a true test of their of the uh, foundation that they're building and i uh, so uh, coach campy i think i said campy i meant my campy on uh, on x putting out some stuff tagging us in it which we appreciate and uh talking about their building which is coming along uh very well and uh putting out his Putting out the dog with repping the G, which is which is great. We love to love those sort of things, and uh, it's just uh, it's just exciting to see that come together. They also uh, are going to have uh, some home games, as we mentioned uh, this season. They put that out, and uh, they're going to have uh, their arena continues to be built. They're going to have um, at their uh, yeah. So anyway, so that stuff's coming out, but uh, uh, eleven days, I believe, is uh, is going to be their their first game. So. Um, it's it's coming up uh, coming up fast. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because that's the other thing I'm really liking. You know me in relevance, right? I love teams that stay relevant. And uh, almost every team that we have and, and more uh, are keeping their fans engaged before the start of the season by giving them the countdown to opening night, by, by telling about their schedules, by theme nights, by all that stuff. That's stuff that never used to happen. Um, I don't want to say never, but it very infrequently years ago. Golf things uh, are coming up, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So these these things are starting to come around now, and that's how you build and grow the game. The more that you do those types of things, the more 
that you find that uh, people are more engaging to you. The more engaging you have, the more fan support you have. Um, and it all turns into that one, that one mighty thing, the almighty dollar. And the more that they create, the more they're able to do. And you see that in Georgia, right? Building this brand new facility. It's going to be fantastic. And who knows where it's going to lead? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, look at what happens when you build an arena or build some sort of ice uh, a facility. It can lead to great things uh, for a program. And, uh, you know, whether you're involved in it directly or whether you out, other, you're, you're kind of a benefactor of outside uh, forces that help get you that, uh, it can be a great thing. I mean, look what, look what Arizona's doing in, uh, in Tucson. They're finally going to get a new building. I can only imagine, well, we can only imagine what that's going to do for that program once that's completed, sorry, Paul, we're talking about the Wildcats here for a minute, but imagine what that's <laughs> going to do for uh, for a sec for them. Look what's happened with UNLV's program. They've really skyrocketed in the last six years since the City Nationals come into the fold and the Golden Knights are in the market here in Vegas. So um, as I was teasing earlier about playing in two places, I was referencing UNLV. They had to play when they were at the M2 level. Two, sometimes they played at Sobe. Sometimes they played at Iceland. You know, broadcaster was Didn't really have the scaffolding. Home. Now they have a true home at City National, and, and that's gotten to be almost – not big enough for them now with spacing and and because they jam packed that packed that place every day and or every game practically so um where it was before they were trying to get people to come now certainly they get people and then some to come to their games so um same thing with jordan i mean when they get this place i mean it's it's only going to be a, a, a growth for them i mean asu down in uh, in in tucson i mean or in tucson sorry in tempe uh you know they're going to be in uh, you know the ACSA program is going to benefit too because they're going to they're going to share the Mullet Arena with uh, you know with the NCAA program. I know they'll probably play on the other other ice sheet, but they'll play some games there. So I mean it's it's it, all those things help programs get get to where they want to be and, and really grow themselves in in that uh, in that level. So um, it's only positive things for sure. All right, let's take another quick break and we'll come back and wrap things up on the American Collegiate Hockey Top Twenty podcast. Experience the best of academics and athletics at Minot State University. At Minot State, we're not just a team. We're a family united by passion and determination. Achieve your academic goals while thriving in a supportive community. With a commitment to excellence both on and off the ice, we're shaping leaders with an 11 to 1 student-faculty ratio, over 1,200 scholarships awarded annually, and in-state tuition for all students. Experience education that goes beyond textbooks, propelling you towards a brighter future. Join Minot State University and be part of a legacy of success. Discover your potential at Minot State. Learn more at MinotStateU.edu. Minot State University. Be seen. Be heard. Be you. As a premier ACHA M1 university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Women's hockey is one of the fastest-growing sports in the country, and at Maryville University in St. Louis, having two ACHA women's teams allows young women to continue to play top-level hockey. Maryville women's hockey aligns with the university's core values to provide opportunities for growth as a player, 
as well as the sport. The Maryville University Hockey Center is the place to get a first-class hockey experience and is just minutes from campus. For more information on Maryville women's hockey, go online to maryvillesaints.com. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent the championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL Champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. Looking for the big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University, located in St. Louis, Missouri, could be for you. Fielding five teams across all divisions of the ACHA since 2018 and playing just minutes from campus in the 1,000-plus seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as they compete against ACHA powers like Ohio, Liberty, Minot State, and Illinois State. For more information about all things Maryville, visit maryville.edu. Oklahoma Hockey, the action you crave, only faster. Visit us at ouhockey.net for scheduling and ticket information. Whether it's season tickets, outings for 15 or more, or just a single game ticket. Single game tickets are just $10 a piece, while OU students and staff are free with their IDs. Youth hockey players are also free if they come wearing their jerseys. If you can't make it to the Arctic Ice Arena to watch the Sooners, you can also support the Crimson and Cream by visiting our hockey shop by clicking the shop link at ouhockey.net. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHAM1 hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. Welcome back to another segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. All right, we're back to wrap up another episode of the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Scrandy with you from Bloomington, Minnesota tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from beautiful championship city that is Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, uh, Stephen, the- we got just a- Go ahead. No, I was just saying we're running out of time, but I've always known... Deep in your heart, you've always wanted to be on The Price is Right. So I'm going to do this just for you. Scott <laughs> Strandy, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Nice. <laughs> now we just got to, 
you could win a new car. No, anyway. <laughs> and wouldn't that nice be nice job. right you're now? Trying to, you're trying to take over. Uh, Bob Barker uh, sadly passed this past week. and Well, that was the announcer that would over. do those things. But, yeah. but yes, Bob Barker passed away uh, at age 99, which is remarkable. And uh, people probably think, well, why are you talking about a game show host on a hockey podcast? Well, there is a little bit of a tie on this because I found this out kind of as we were learning a lot of uh, obituaries and stuff about him. Of course, I... You know, watched Bob Barker many years on The Price is Right, and I'm sure you did as well, going back into the 70s and the 80s and 90s, and uh, you know. But uh, and he 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 has a connection to uh, to Drury uh, College uh, because uh, he Drury University. Drury University, excuse me. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, yes, Drury University. Uh, he's the alum of Drury University, and he graduated there in uh, 1947, so just a few years ago. And uh, <laughs> of course, he he went into the, he, he went into the military. He was a, a uh, training as a Navy fighter pilot in the waning days of World War II. That finished up. He came back and finished his de- uh, time at Drury University, got a degree in economics. But during that time, he also uh, began pursuing his career in broadcasting and included a part-time role on Springfield, uh, which is, of course, Springfield. We're talking about Springfield, uh, Missouri, uh, uh, radio station KTTS. And, of course, we know, of course, Bob Bark went on to do great things in in uh, in television, host of game shows like Truth or Consequences, The Price is Right for for 50 years uh, on TV. Of course, involved in animal stuff uh, as well, and it's gave back to Drury University too it's, it's several times in his uh, in his life too. So, uh, and of course, Drury University has a has an ACHA M2 program. So uh, that's why we're kind of talking and, about uh, this. They are relevant beyond relevant. <laughs> yes. So I also I also want to sh- throw out a, a shout so rest out in peace, to Bob Oklahoma. Barker. I think Oklahoma, Stephen, may have uh, been the earliest team in, in all of hockey to start even a scrimmage, and they did it big. They did a YouTube broadcast, and uh, it was a big deal for, for Oklahoma last week. So shout out to the Sooners. Uh, they are rocking and rolling and looking like they're ready to roll at the M1 level. So, um, All right, I got nothing more. We're out of time. All right, so we'll go from the Summer Skate Studios this is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast presented by IcetimeHockeyWest.com. Liberty University, bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu, Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com with three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com. We keep you supplied with all of the gear you need all season long. University of Central Oklahoma, first class experience on and off the ice. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Lunch, catering, dining in or out, or just getting our award-winning barbecue sauce. We're at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship Quest for schedule, which is out now. And ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Top Golf. Reserve a bay or a meeting room for your next corporate outing at topgolf.com. Adrian College, Championship Hockey Culture and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. University of Arizona Hockey. Visit arizonawildcathockey.org and become part of one of the West's most historic hockey programs. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in style. San Diego State Hockey, Sun, Sand, and Hockey, as well as a top-flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. 
Jets Pizza. Go to JetsPizza.com to find one of our over 400 locations in 20 states nationwide. Oklahoma University Hockey, the action you crave only faster at OUHockey.net. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network and is live every week on the Podbean app and is available on your favorite podcast platform at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Again, search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review any of our podcasts to help others find the show. Very well done, my friend. Our thanks to the head coach of the Lake Superior State Lakers M2 program, Steve Canisto, for joining us tonight and talking Laker hockey. I always appreciate it. Steve, and one day we got to get you to drive Highway 2 uh, across the uh, most northern tip of Michigan, and you can go through Houghton, where there's Michigan Tech. You can go through Marquette, where there's northern Michigan, and you can end up at Lake Superior State in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, uh, all on the shore of uh, the southern shore of Lake Superior. Oh, and then nice. if you get really bored, cross over through Wisconsin and go up to Duluth and move along Minnesota all the way to Minot in the middle of North Dakota. Oh, yeah, that just sounds fun. Right now I'm just <laughs> focused on driving I-15 uh, three, three and a half hours, four hours to Anaheim, California this weekend where I will be for the weekend. That's what my focus is. In some ways I will enjoy – sometime I'll worry about I-2 going through all those places. But right now my focus right. is getting to Cal Anaheim, California safely this weekend. All right. Enjoy the uh, Labor Day weekend, everybody. Steven, drive safely. Have fun. Don't hibernate too much because we need you back here next week for the American Collegiate Hockey oh, yeah. Top 20 Podcast. Be back in plenty of time for that. As Bob Barker would say, help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs>